Episode 6 of The Dolly Diaries Fat Club Dolly, in her bedroom, is trying on several outfits. A few of them don't fit. She is throwing them on the bed in despair as she tries to squeeze herself into a pair of jeans. The bedroom has a shiny glittery wallpaper on one wall and lots of pink sequin and fluffy pillows on the bed. The whole room is an explosion of pink with the exception of her husband's clothing on the floor and his books on football. Maria, her mother-in-law, sat in the lounge in a wing-backed floral armchair, has a pinched face. Her eyes are glued to the TV that she is shouting at as she thrashes her walking stick around. She knocks a cup of tea off the table onto the floor, not caring where it has fallen. Shouting through the thin lounge walls at Doll. What's you doing? I'm getting changed. Why? It's weigh-in day. I told you. You keep eating my biscuits. You no need Fat Fuckers Club to tell you that you put on weight this week. I can tell you that. Bloody old bitch. I'm not deaf. Bloody old bag. I said, would you like me to pick you up some chips? On my way back. I won't be back late. Maria rambles away in her chair, disgruntled. Doll enters the lounge. Maria has hidden Doll's handbag underneath the cushion she has on her chair. Have you seen my bag? Spying the handles of her bag, Doll pulls the bag out from behind the cushion. Look, I won't be long, all right? I'll see you later. I'll bring you back some chips. Maria sinks back into her armchair as she ignores Doll as Doll leaves the flat. The empty corridor outside is bleak and cold as a light flickers at the end of it. Standing at the lift, the steel doors open. Doll gets in, letting out a sigh. <sighs> Meanwhile... In a church hall that smells of furniture wax and old school dinners, a large group of women are assembling from all different ages. They begin to group and congregate, sitting down in a circle of chairs. Children are running around the hall and it looks like organised chaos. In the middle of the room is a table full of food in baskets with raffle ticket numbers on them. A thin woman in her 50s walks around the group asking people to buy raffle tickets as the hall chatter is fit to bursting. It's as though you're walking into an aviary of lively, beautiful coloured birds. At one end of the room is an ominous looking set of weighing scales. Behind a table near these scales sits a heavy set woman with a tight perm taking notes on the line of women who are weighing in. The weigh-in monitor woman is unflinching and ungracious in her manner as she fills in the nervous women's books, noting down their weight. A self-important 30-something size 18 woman dressed in a navy blue tunic 
is ordering her minions around and rolling her eyes when their backs are turned. It is clear she is heading up this slimming operation. Near the door, a woman with a baby has snuck in out of the cold, unbeknownst to anyone else. Over in the corner of the circle, sat slightly apart from the other women with empty seats around him, sits Ben. He's slightly overweight, wearing skinny jeans, boating shoes and a t-shirt. His hair is set in an immaculate quiff. He looks misplaced amongst all of these women. It is clear that this hipster is part of the gentrification in the East End and that he's left his French bulldog at home. Doll suddenly bursts through the doors. Sorry I'm late. Ignoring her, the militant head of the slimming club zones in on an overweight woman in her fifties who is cowering in her chair. Now Maureen, how did you do this week? Well, I hovered over the biscuit aisle, then I went to the gluten-free section like you said. I said to go to the fruit aisle. Better luck next week, Maureen. Next, she sets her sights and zooms in on Jane, a mother of two whose kids are running round the hall screaming while she sits there catatonic. Jane, did you manage to step away from the cheese this week or did you fall headfirst into a fondue meltdown? Jane is just about to speak, but is abruptly cut off. I know, I know, Jane. You were too busy, the kids, the cat got run over, blah, blah, blah. No excuse. You should have tried the cola chicken recipe. Great for the family. Cook it in bulk and freeze it. It's cheap. A £2 gain this week. What a shame. Maybe you could share some tips from your neighbour. She's doing very well. You need to start removing the temptations out of your life. Redemption will not be found in your fridge if you keep stocking it with chocolate and cheese. Dog has sat down next to the hipster Ben and is chatting away to him. Head of the Slimming Club barks at her. Anything we'd like to share with the group? Making Doll jump out of her chair, Doll's handbag tumbles off her lap and a family-sized packet of curly whirlies and a tin of tomatoes fall out onto the floor. Doll scrambles around, picking up the curly whirlies. The Slimming Club leader picks up the can of tomatoes and looks at them and back at Doll. Well... At least you have one vegetable option. Next week, try and put some courgettes into the mix and maybe an onion. Now, Janet, oh, how did you do this week? I know last week was a really bad week for you. Did you try the Caribbean pepper pot stew? How did the family like it? Doll retreats into the recesses of her mind as the Slimming World leader rambles on. I really don't think that this club is working for me. It's too expensive. Half of the women here have nothing else to do and Jane across there with the kids, well, she weighs 19 stone and she's just walked in with a load of McDonald's Happy Meals. I mean, it's not very encouraging, is it? She says that they're for her kids, but then there are six of them. Happy Meals, not kids. Thankfully, she only has two of them. 
I'm sure as well that she's eaten all of these Happy Meals herself. She made a mad dash to that 90 calorie diet brownie and peanut butter cups at the front that the Slimming Club sell. She keeps buying five of them each week and there are seven in a packet. You're only supposed to eat one a day. I mean, I'm not good at maths and I might not be the brightest spark in the box, but I know that that is way over the amount she should be eating each week. McDonald's aside. Billy, her boy, is currently slamming the door to the hall open and shut like a monkey on speed and the other one has just filled its nappy again. Every week the same thing. Ben here sat next to me. Well, this hipster git, he's my friend. Unlikely, I know, but he is. Well, I felt a bit sorry for him, really, because he's told me his boyfriend sent him along here and his boyfriend sounds like a right wanker. He told Ben that he has to lose a stone by April or he ain't taking him to Ibiza with him because he's too embarrassed to be seen with Ben and said to Ben that he didn't sign up for going out with James Corden. Ben piled on the weight when he was bullied out of his job on the London Underground. The guys kept putting naked centrefold posters on his locker door and then one day they put a giant black dildo in his sports bag. Well, he says he took it out and threw it on the floor. And then Big Ron, a tube driver, started chasing him round the room with it. And all his workmates were jeering at him. Well, I asked Ben, what did he do? And he says that he grabbed it out of Big Ron's hands and slapped him round that face with that dildo three times. And then he let the dildo drop to the floor. Well, he challenged Big Ron to a fight outside. Being an old school heterosexual dinosaur that Big Ron was, he didn't want to lose face in front of his friends. So out in the street, all hell broke loose as Big Ron jumped around. Well, Benier got Big Ron in a headlock and in a wrestling move, slammed him to the ground. Getting up, Big Ron swung a punch at him, missed him, lost his balance and stacked it on the floor. Well, Ben was signed off sick leave. They said that Ben had temporary loss of sanity due to a breakdown and then he has moved to the ticket office in Leicester Square. Big Ron is apparently somewhere driving the trains on the London Underground, still nursing black eye from the dildo slap. Ben keeps telling me to come up to um, some club up west with him. Well, he goes there and does karaoke. Mainly Madonna, as he said, she's one of the only women he knows with balls that rival the clacking chimes of Big Ben. He's put on four pounds and said Ibiza is not going to happen unless he has liposuction, so he may as well go out and get pissed and have fun. He says he's going through the motions as well so that it looks like he's made an effort by coming to the slimming club so his boyfriend will pay for liposuction as a Christmas present. This is why I like Ben. He's resourceful. Out of her thoughts, there is a round of applause as a raffle ticket is drawn for the food basket in the middle of the table. Oh, congratulations, doll! Oh, my God! I actually won something for a change. Taking the basket of food from the Slimming World leader, Doll makes her way out of the hall. 
Still sat near the door, the woman who snuck in earlier is nursing her baby, trying to keep warm. The woman's clothes have seen better days, the buggy is third hand, and she is slight in her appearance and seems fairly timid. Slipping the basket to her, There you go, Julie. I don't need it this week. The cupboards are full. And this fresh veg, well, you know, it's it'll go off and I don't know what to do with it anyway. Why don't you pop over some time in the week? I'll spring cleaned out my wardrobe if you fancy some clothes. You can stay and have some tea with us. You'll be saving me from the old bag. Well, I mean, if you like, that is. Julie looks up, smiles and nods gratefully. Doll leaves the hall. Walking down the street to a bus stop, a van driver passes by, splashing her with a huge puddle of water, soaking her from head to foot. She shouts at the van driver, Bloody asshole! The bus driver flips her the V sign. Great. Across the road, stood at the opposite bus stop with a gang of teenagers, stands Leighton, a 15-year-old athletic lad who looks a little bit like Doll. He is cheeky and intelligent, and he seems to be everybody's best friend in the group. His Adidas tracksuit bottoms are halfway down his legs, and his fake Calvin Klein pants are on display. Spotting him, Doll shouts across the road to him from the other bus stop. Leighton! Hey, Leighton! He spots her. Tell your mum your gran is expecting her for lunch this Sunday, all right? And stay out of trouble. You're meant to be on that training course. Leighton's bus pulls up, just as Doll finishes. Nodding at her, he acknowledges what she is saying from across the road and flips her a peace sign as he gets on the bus with his friends. Doll looks up at the top deck of the bus. As it drives away, Leighton's face appears in the back window. Waving at her, flashing her a cheeky grin, his friend punches him on the arm as he turns away, laughing and messing around with his friends. They grow up so quickly. Weren't that long ago he was in nappies crawling round the floor. I worry about him. Doll's bus pulls up. She gets on and sits down. The windows of the bus steam up and steam engulfs cold night sky. Thank you for listening to The Dolly Diaries. This is a Shoreditch Collective production.